Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Well, welcome everyone to Aging Fearlessly. This is Karen Sander and my guest today is Janine Sharka. And I have been introduced to Janine through Radio Northern Beaches and she is also part of a radio station, a community radio station. So welcome, Janine. Thank you very much, Karen. It's great finally to chat. I know that there's been lots going on for both of us and it's taken a while to get together. Tell us a little bit about Janine. Okay, uh, well... I used to be in corporate for 20 years and I uh, lost my younger brother in 2012 and it was probably the saddest um, experience of my life. But the silver lining to that cloud was that I it brought me to a really sudden pause and crossroads in my life where I started to question so many things. And there I was after 20 years in corporate what some people would deem to be successful. I felt I had all those elements going on in terms of what you can acquire and how much money you earn and all of that. That was fine. But deep down inside, I had what you call unfulfilling success. So even though the boxes that we want to tick were kind of ticked, I still had this feeling that there's got to be more to life than this. And when my younger brother did pass suddenly, and it was, he was only 21 and he just died suddenly. He had epilepsy and uh, he drowned. So in that event, through bringing myself to that crossroads and questioning things, I really asked myself, you know, if I did die tomorrow, have I lived my best life? And the truth mm-hmm. to the answer was no, I hadn't. And then I thought, well, what is your best life, Janine? And I actually didn't have an answer, but I knew it wasn't doing what I was doing, living in a rat race like a mouse in a wheel day in and day out, working really hard, long hours. And my calendar was full of other people's appointments most of the time for their genders. And I really questioned so many things. And the best thing about that, Karen, is um, it put me on a path of serious intention to discover what what I really want to do with my life and what is my life purpose. And so many things unfolded. And as a result, um, I did come to intuitively join the John Maxwell team, for those who don't know who John Maxwell is, he's the world's number one leadership author and speaker. And I joined his global team in 2012, a few months after my, my brother had passed. And it was all of that um, immersion into a new study and becoming certified as a coach and then pouring leadership training into me. I become so filled up with all this personal development. I decided I'd share this with people. I didn't know who to share it with. Here I was in corporate doing a normal <laughs> job. But I thought, let me share it with someone. So I just offered a free talk at work, like a lunch and learn, just to everyone on my floor. I didn't even work in their teams or that, just anyone. And a whole lot of people showed up. I was surprised. I thought, oh, well, let me do the talk now. And I really loved it. And when I finished doing it, I went back to my desk and the girl sitting next to me said, Janine, how did you enjoy giving that talk? And I said, oh, Karen, I love Her name was also Karen, by the way. Karen, I really loved it. I loved it with a passion. And as I said the word passion, I remembered the voice of my mentor in my head 
that said, in your passion lies your God-given purpose. And I thought, is it yep. even possible that training or or adding value to others or being a coach or something could be my purpose? And that question yeah. just started to grow inside me and it just kind of got bigger and bigger. And the more I've, I had all these limiting beliefs and doubts, oh, you can't do that, who would pay you, how will you make a living, how will you pay your bills? Because I was in a market research and retail background. I had nothing to do with coaching, speaking, or personal development. But that was really the most wonderful experience ever at work was giving that free talk on leadership. So it didn't leave me. So somehow, somewhere I said, I'm rather going to die trying to live my dream than live with regret. And I got yeah. myself onto a very intentional path to do whatever it takes to get myself ready to leave corporate and live my dream, which is speaking, training, and coaching. And I used a toolbox of techniques that helped me um, a few years before that to really turn my um, life around and um, help me become um, successful in my job and healthier and everything is called the silver method, S I L V A. Yeah. And I just went back to the silver method toolbox as a personal development program. And I used it and I reconditioned my subconscious mind programmed. And after about a year, I finally stepped out of corporate and I actually became a silver method trainer. So that's part of my business today. I'm the only one in Australia um, who does the silver method. And I'm one of a um, few hundred trainers in the world. It's a program all over the world. So that's really me today. I have a personal development business and I also help people invest in property and help them become more wealthy. And that's really um, me. So going back a little bit to what you said earlier, I find that the exercise of writing your eulogy, which a lot of corporates ask people to do, so that if you've come to the end of your life, what would you like people to say about you in your eulogy? And I think sometimes people then start to look at what it is they really want to do with their lives. What would they want to be remembered for? And yet many of us are happy. I'm not one of them because I can't muddle along. But the word I want to say, we just muddle along, really not opening up our mind to the opportunities that are out there, that the things that fill us up individually. You've just told me what fills you up, what drives you. Another thing you said, the mouse, mouse on a wheel. In that corporate world, I refer, I, I suffered a lot from anxiety and that's when I relate to my life as being the mouse on the wheel. You know, you're running, 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 you jump off for a sec, you run, run, run. And it's exhausting, that mm. sort of life. So, yeah, I really related a lot to uh, all those things that you were just, you just mentioned. So thanks. Pleasure. The inspiration for your book, I, I suppose in a way you've talked about that, but do you want to add any more to what actually inspired the book? Yes. It's a very different story. I'll say it straight. I never had the desire to write a book. I never had it on my bucket list. It was never an ambition of mine or a goal. What happened was one night it came to me in a dream. I, I woke up in the middle of the night at about 1 a.m. and I was in a half dreamy state. And as I lay there half asleep, half awake, in my mind I just posed the question, what's the best next step for my life? And Karen, I heard a voice as if it was speaking out loud saying, write a book and I thought <laughs> am 
am I drunk? I never had anything to drink tonight. I'm not drunk. So uh, how did I hear that voice? I'm not on drugs. Like, is there someone in the room? But it was my own voice. And I heard, write a book. And then I just answered the question, okay, that's interesting. What book do I need to write? And I just got an answer straight away that said, what do you want people to know? And what do you want people to do? And I said, okay, great. Thanks for that. But what's the book actually about? And I got the same thing. What do you want people to know? And what do you want people to do? And I said, oh, I heard that. But tell me what's actually in the book. What's the book about? And then it just said again, stick with that question. What do you want people to know? And what do you want people to do? If you could reach them beyond your physical presence. And in that moment, I went back into like a dream and I dreamed, oh, I know what I'd want people to know. I would want them to know what their true priorities are because people think they know what their priorities are and including myself being ambitious in corporate. But I knew in the middle of the night in this dreamy state that the true priorities a person needs to focus on are actually these three things. Being aware of your constant connection to source energy, God, whatever name you want to give it. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it would be finding your life's purpose. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, it would be developing your intuition. And as I had these three ideas, they became like bubbles and they all merged in my dream. Mm -hmm. And then the bubbles made like a three-way Venn diagram and all the interlinking circles popped. So... I've got a diagram here in front of me. If you have the interlinking section between having an awareness of your constant connection to source and discovering your life purpose, well, then you're living on purpose. And if you're in the interlinking between finding your life's purpose and developing your intuition, well, then you're living a guided life. And if it's interlinking between a connection to source and developing your intuition, then you actually live with faith. And then I realized if you have all of that going on at the same time, the sweet spot in the very center of that diagram would be living in the flow. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I'm conditioned and trained to record dreams because as a silver method trainer, one of the techniques is called dream control. You can use dreams to solve problems or innovate, whatever it may be. So I thought, I really want to make a note of this. This is an amazing a diagram with these ideas just all came to me. It was like really great. So I thought I'm going to put the light on and log this, whatever came to me in this dream down. And then I thought, oh no, I know when I open my eyes and put the light on, it's going to vanish. That's what dreams are. They just yeah. vanish. So I thought I must not forget this. So I kind of rehearsed it two, once or twice in my head that I didn't forget those six steps and the seventh one being living in the flow. Then I put the light on. I drew the Venn diagram. I started to scribble everything down and suddenly it just came to me, Part two, which would be living beyond yourself because all those other things are really to satisfy your life. And it'd be great to know your life purpose. It'd be great to have intuition and live a guided life and live in the flow and all those things. That's satisfying. But that's actually not really why you're on this planet. You are here to really serve and, and add value and improve conditions and improve the world in some way. So then it became part two of the book, which um, are three simple chapters. Um which is just living fully by serving others and then healing yourself and others. And that's literally about healing. That also includes um, forgiveness, love, and things like that. And the t chapter 10, which you spoke about just before, is living your legacy. Mm -hmm. So I scribbled this all down, Karen. I went back to sleep. The next morning I woke up with a vague recollection of a dream and I thought, 
oh, I locked a dream last night, something about a book. I don't know what that was. And as I opened my dream journal and saw all the notes there in this little diagram, a big note across the top I wrote at 1 a.m. that morning, which said, go away and write your book. And I just thought, my gosh, she has all 10 chapters. I just need to go out and write them. And literally, it was the easiest thing to do with that framework. And I did. I just booked myself away for two or three days and wrote two or three chapters, carried on, went another few months and did the same thing. And I wrote the book pretty quick and easily. So it came to me in a dream. There was no ambition. And now that I've written it, it's a really, really helpful book. And its subtitle is A Guide to Discovering Your Purpose and value in this world because mm. everyone has value and there's a reason why you're born with that value and you need to know what that is and find your life purpose. It's the most important goal you could ever have. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many, I've been writing, you can't see me because of this bad lighting, but I've been writing as you, as you speak. And for me, this is my notebook that's by my bed. And I, I look at it in the morning because I wake up and scribble at night in the dark. I don't even turn the light on. So it doesn't sometimes look very good, but I make sure I'm open at a fresh page and I scribble because I find my dreams are the time that my best um, ideas come out. And, you know, for some people that is true. And, you know, you talked about living in flow. I think I think some people... They actually know when they're in flow. Um, things just seem to happen. Yeah. For me at the moment, people just come into my life and they're meant to come into my life. And now I might walk away one day and come back two days later and go, I need to speak to them again. And I'll go back and speak to them again. So, yeah, I love that idea of living in flow, um, you know, and following your passions for sure. Great. That's actually the title of the book is Living, here it is, Living in the Flow, A Guide to Discovering Your Purpose and Value in This World. And the main message that you want readers to take away after reading the book? I think it's that, um, as I write in, in, in the book, one day when you're gone, your life's going to be summed up in one sentence. So pick yours now. And that's the, that's the legacy question. People are going to say one line. When they talk about you what years after you've gone, they're going to sum your whole life up in just one sentence. So pick pick that now. So what is that? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to have contributed while you were here? And when you spoke about legacy earlier, it was actually an exercise I had to do when I first joined the John Maxwell team as part of doing the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which is one of his books. I did it as a mastermind. One of the exercises in one of the chapters was to write your own obituary. Do you know, yeah. Karen, it was the most difficult exercise I have <laughs> ever done, but it was the yes. most valuable. In the front of my book, Aging Fearlessly, Don't Be Defined by a Number, I uh, open with, describe how old you are in words, not using the number, like I'm 54, I'm not now, but instead of saying I'm 54, how do you describe your age using words? And that was my sort of forward in my book, which was a really interesting way to start because it made me sit down like a eulogy. How do I describe myself? What, what have I learned? What have I, and sometimes parts of that when I read it back, bring me to tears. Wow. 
It's amazing, um, you know, because there's things that in my life I didn't like about myself or things that I have learned about myself. And it's just a really interesting exercise. This is Karen Sander from Aging Fearlessly, and I'm speaking today with Janine Shucker about her book, Living in the Flow. Janine, life purpose for some people is actually like an enigma. They don't even know what it means and how to find it. What would you say about that? I'd say I agree with them fully because that was me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, when my younger brother passed on and I really wanted to find the meaning of my life and the purpose for my life, I was really frustrated even hearing the term life purpose, it, it, it actually annoyed me because it was such a foreign th a concept. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what mine was. I didn't know how to find it. I felt so lost when I ever heard the term life purpose. And if anyone else feels like that, I just want to say to them, you're not alone. Um, many people don't. And I speak to a lot of audiences now with my work. And I say, raise your hand if you know what your life purpose is. And I can honestly say 2% put their hand up. So for those listening, this is a really important goal to find your life purpose. And my um, suggestion would be don't ask the question, what is my life purpose? Because it can become really frustrating. Just ask this question. What am I passionate about? And passion can be what you really love to do. And it can also be what, what makes you cry. Like if you're really passionate about cruelty to animals, I mean, you see it, you cry about it. That's also passion. So what are you passionate about? Because in your passion lies your God-given purpose. And you need to know what you really love. And then you also need to focus on your talents and gifts. Everyone's got talents and gifts and they're unique. And the way you express yours, even if you have the same talent as me, when you express it, you are unique. When I express it, I'm unique. And there's a reason you have these talents and gifts and you have passion. And when you can kind of combine these and do something that you love to do, and you will find you'll serve others with that. And when you do that, that's what purpose really is. Purpose is never about ourselves. Purpose is always about others. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, helping others, adding value to others. So um, I would say to people, don't be um, dismayed. Don't lose hope. Just really tell yourself firmly, internally, like in your mind, a strong question that you're determined to find out your life purpose. And remember, it's the, it really is the mission you give yourself. Yeah. Some people think it's something they've got to find. No, it's inside you already. You just need to decide what mission do you want to be on in this life and what purpose do you want to serve? How do you want to help others with what you have, with your talents and gifts and what you know? How can you help others? And many times a person's previous suffering, pain, trauma, hurt, wounds become their worth and they can help others with that. So people who've yeah. overcome something often can turn that into a business. In your book, you speak about your brother's passing and how that was a turning point in your life. Well, I, I do know this is the same for other people that I've met in their lives that something really tragic has made them completely pivot and then find their passion and move on. How could something like this actually be such a positive thing in your life? It absolutely is. Um, I'll just say this. There's a quote by Napoleon Hill which says, 
within every temporary defeat lies the seed of an equivalent advantage. And if someone had to tell me when my brother just passed back in 2012 that there would be an equivalent advantage to that passing and that tragedy, I would have said, oh, please, you've got 10 heads. But now, looking back in hindsight, it's true. In fact, the advantage is more than equivalent. It's greater than the tragedy because, because he passed, without a doubt, it accelerated my questioning and my self-reflection and my digging deep. It accelerated that process, helped me find my life purpose, gave me the courage to pursue it and to actually leave the security, which I thought was security, of corporate. I was terrified to leave corporate. I was doing really well, had a really good income. But have the courage to leave that and really follow my dream and I cannot tell you how blessed and grateful I am to have done that because I can honestly say, I know it's a terrible, uh, some, uh, um, it sounds like a cliche, but I am living my dream. Everything I do, I love to do. I love to train, add value to others, coach people, teach leadership, teach the silver method. It changed my life completely. It saved my life, that program. And I got to teach it to others. And the funny thing was, years before I actually became a silver trainer, I wrote an email to, to Silver International in the U.S. to say it would be my dream to become a trainer because of how much this program has changed my life, not knowing they would write back and I would ever become one. I just wrote that in that email just to ex express gratitude. <laughs> and they wrote back, and it caused a domino kind of effect. And one thing led to another, and the next thing, I was having a conversation with a global training director to become a Silver Method trainer. And... When I became it and I stepped into my dream, that very first day I ever trained the Silver Method, another company had booked the date and the venue and all the arrangements, and they made some changes. And you'll never believe what date was the first day I became a trainer and stepped into my dream. It was the date of my passed on my late brother's birthday. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and when I realized the first day of I'll ever train Silver and do this thing I, I said was my dream is his birthday. There is no doubt that there's some divine orchestration in every life. And if his life purpose was to wake me up, he definitely served it. And what I'm doing and how many hundreds and hundreds of people I have helped through my business with things like the Silver Method, helping them improve their lives or with coaching or training, that's his legacy. It's not mine, it's his. And how he transformed yeah. my father's life and, you know, other people as well. So um, it, it has been a blessing, the biggest blessing in disguise. It has been, of course, I miss him, but I'm a person of very strong faith and I know he's in a better place. He also passed on, on Independence Day. How, yep. how uncanny because he suffered from epilepsy. So he was like independent of all those drugs, all those seizures, all of that. Yep. So. I'm with Janine Shaka, and she is the author of Living in the Flow. Janine, throughout your book, Living in the Flow, you talk a lot about the silver method, and you've mentioned it a couple of times today. Tell us more about the silver method. So the silver method is a four-day dynamic meditation program. It's been around for over 54 years, so it's stood the test of time. It's actually the original, original personal development program. And because it's dynamic meditation, it uses a, 
a meditative state where your mind is calm at the alpha level and then advanced visualization. And you actually, for lack of a better term, you retrain or reprogram your subconscious mind towards what you really want because we know our conditioning can hold us back. We all have limiting beliefs and um, it's got all kinds of benefits. The silver method, it helped turn my life around enormously about 11 years ago. And it's about achieving goals, helping you make decisions, getting rid of headaches for the rest of your life without the use of tablets or drugs, helping you sleep properly well every night, anytime, anywhere, even if you're traveling internationally in different time zones, sleep without the use of a sleeping pill ever, wake up refreshed. But really about achieving goals is important, having clarity on them, helping you make decisions, and also healing, healing yourself with mind-body healing. Your mind is very powerful. And yes. also having techniques to heal others um, as well. And then two days of the silver method is intuition training where you learn to access, refine, and develop your intuition, which is in my book as one of the core chapters is developing your intuition. I say is one of a person's highest priorities is to develop your intuition. Why? Mm. Because it will guide you to find your life purpose. That I am mm. absolutely certain of. Many of us don't trust the signs or our intuition, you know, and I think sometimes there are signs that that can help prompt us along. I'm, I'm not sure if you believe that. Can I just come back to the silver method? Meditation, how often a day do you practice and for how long? I meditate every single day without fail. The minimum is half an hour. I can meditate an hour and I can do it two to three times a day, depending on the day. So some days you'll know you're, you suddenly after lunch, you suddenly feel tired or you've got a lot on and you get a bit, just a little bit low of energy and people might want to go and get a coffee at that point. I don't. I just stop whatever I'm doing. I get on a chair or couch and I meditate for 15 minutes. And I can tell you, I come out of there feeling pumped, refreshed, completely batteries mm. recharged. So I do use it. I'm, I'm hardly ever sick. I'm probably the healthiest person I know. I never get unwell. The minute I feel like I'm going to get sick, I just stop, go and do something called the long relax, the silver method, long relax. It's free. If people are listening to this and they want the long relax to help you accelerate your own healing if you're unwell or just de-stress or just feel better or have a calmer day, you can get it off my website, the long relax. You can download it there. Um, it's Janine Shuck International or silvermethodaustralia.com.au. There's a free long relax and it's 25 minutes it's actually the equivalent of four hours of sleep for the mind and the body it's guided mm. um it's got a sound in the background and the sound is just to keep you at the alpha level so meditation um, has transformed my life i have to say it's certainly something these days that people are realizing has so many benefits um when i <laughs> When I did transcendental meditation in my 20s, people used to think, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was TM was the big thing in my 20s that people did. I was at Teachers College at the time and, yeah, people paid 90-odd dollars to go off and learn to do TM. And nowadays, so many people talk about meditation and finding the benefits of meditation. And, you know, it's a great thing that, even in some schools, they're teaching kids to actually meditate and take time out to relax. And 
One of the other things is about breathing, which meditation uses a lot of breathing techniques, correct? Yes, definitely. Breathing is uh, such an underutilized and maybe underestimated easy thing to change your state. Even if a child is having a tantrum, if you could just hold them and just tell them to breathe, that's all you have to ask of them. Not stop crying, stop it now. Just breathe, just breathe and just be calm with them and breathe. It'll also just transform that really quickly. If a person's stressed and you breathe slow and deep in the low, lower belly, not the upper chest, you immediately dissolve stress chemicals. It's a natural antidote to stress. So using the breath, is extremely powerful. There's so many techniques. I mean, there's probably thousands of um, things you could talk about with breathing. So that is definitely um, something to help anyone. If you're just right now sitting, anyone listening to this right now, take three deep belly breaths, slow and deep, and you'll feel just with three breaths, you feel better. Just three. You can just try yeah. it and experience. So imagine practicing it for maybe a couple of minutes, um, even four or five. You'd come out feeling very refreshed, very calm, a lot of clarity, feeling centered, and almost like you can handle what, whatever you need to deal with. That's what people don't realize too, is when they're stressed, they often hold their breath. And that's the worst thing you can do for stress management is to hold your breath. Exactly. So, you know, I'm Janine, something, many people know this about me, but I suffered really chronic um, anxiety in my twenties and thirties. And if someone told you to breathe, you just sort of went, shut up, I'm, I'm, I'm really panicking here, you know. But as you get older, you realise, or as, as time went on, I realised that breathing was a way out. Yeah, and I, I do a lot of ocean swimming, which Wonderful. I find breathing when I'm swimming gives me so much calmness. You know, actually, it, That's actually gives, a form of meditation in itself. Is is ocean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just swimming, not ocean swimming, but just yeah. swimming. So it, you know, and people talk about active meditation, and yeah, it's active, but yeah, it's it's often a great way to to use time every day. You know that that activity in the water, and and water also is very calming. Back to your book, the second part of your book, um, you talk about serving others. Some yes. people. Say this is draining and time consuming. What would you say to them? I would say that everybody knows that there's been a day in your life where you've really added value to someone and helped them, and it's made a difference in their lives, and you felt fantastic in doing that. And it's because you added value to someone else, it feels far greater than you doing something for yourself, the same as a parent will tell you that their greatest joy is, you know, giving their child a gift even more than buying themselves a gift. So Mm -hmm. um, people often don't realize how wonderful it feels to have an act of significance until they've actually done it. It's like trying to explain to someone what it's like to eat ice cream if they've never done it or to swim if they've never been in water. Until you do it, you'll know what the experience is like. So um, the best quote I can use is this one. It says, success is all about me and significance is all about others. And once you've tasted significance, success will never satisfy you again. 
So if a person does find something that they're good at, no matter what that thing is, whether it's career or, or hobby, part-time, full-time, it doesn't matter. Take that thing that you have a skill in and just with intention, add value to some one, two, three, four other people in the next week with that thing. And they will get the experience of that feeling of significance. So our life purpose always relates to others and the greatest feeling on earth is a feeling of being useful purposeful and that your life has had meaning and you Mm -hmm. can only really get that through serving others and it's not draining it's the very opposite it will give you more energy and inspire you and enthuse you like you've never can begin to imagine so if you ever do feel drained you probably with someone who's at a way lower vibration than you and they're just sucking the life out of you and one of two things is going on. Either you are not able to maintain your vibration where you can through practice and not let people suck life out of you and still add value to them. That's the one case, which is not actually exactly the same thing. It may be, but it may not be, of being purposeful and adding value to others with your gifts and talents. So imagine it was... You play the guitar. How could you add value to other people with that? Maybe you could do lessons. Maybe you could become a business, whatever it may be. All I'm trying to say is when you do have a meaningful, purposeful, significant life by adding value to others, it's the very opposite. It gives you more energy. If someone said to me, if someone said to you, Karen, or I said to you, Karen, if I had to phone you at 2 a.m. in the morning and said, hey, Karen, hear this, what would I have to say to you that would make you get out of bed at 2 a.m. and drive straight over to me to discuss this thing further. And whatever that thing is, that what, that's, that, that is the thing that inspires you. Mm-hmm. And that's a, yep. a clue to where your passion lies. If someone said to me, I can get an audience rounded up for you, Eugene, of 2,000 people and you can talk to them for two days, I would be there in a heartbeat. Why? <laughs> that inspires me. Yeah, so yeah. there's my passion. And what would I yeah. talk to them about? Something that adds value to them, that it can improve their life. So there's me. That's mine. Everyone else is different. So what is it for someone else? Yeah, I guess, you know, it comes back to something I said earlier too about what fills you up. You know, it's the same sort of thing. If Everybody has something that fills them up. It's just, you know, what is it? What's that thing? So this is Karen Sander from Aging Fearlessly and uh, Janine Shucker is my guest today. Janine, three takeaways for the listeners? Oh, good question. The first one I'd say is know your true highest priorities. And I believe that a person's highest priorities for everyone are the same thing. The first one is to be aware that you're constantly connected to a power greater than you, whether that's source energy for you, God, infinite intelligence, whatever name you want to give it is fine. Just have an awareness that that is always going on and you're always connected. So tap into that power greater than you. And the more you develop that, the better your life becomes. The second greatest priority for a person is to find your life purpose. Make it your number one goal because then you will live a fulfilling and meaningful life and be content up until the day you die. You'll have no regrets and you'll add value to others and make this world a better place living your purpose. And then the third highest priority is 
to decide that the skill you want to develop in your life is developing your intuition. When you develop your intuition, it guides you. And if you live with this guidance from a, a power that governs this whole universe, guiding your life like a GPS, you are going to be guided to your greatest bliss, your most fulfillment. If you don't know your life purpose, it will guide you to find your life purpose and fulfill it and live it. And that's really the most joyous um, living experience a person could have. So that would be my biggest takeout. And the other would be, think about your legacy. If your life had to be summed up in one sentence, what would it be? Mm. Look, Janine, um, so many lessons here today. It's far more than living in the flow. Um, your passion and your purpose is inspiring. The fact that a tragedy has has helped you to pivot, turn around and follow and find your passions because quite often working in the co corporate world is what I call mainly safe. You have an income coming in every week or every month and you don't have to go out chasing, well, where's the income coming from? But when you get into your own flow, I'm sure it's easier to, it just grows for you. But it, it is a scary thing for people and it's not always an easy thing to do. I've loved hearing about the silver method and personally, I would like to learn more about the silver method. So I'll be you about that and you know it's so inspiring to have you on on the show and if people want to find out more about you can you just slowly say your website and send it to me and I I will actually load it on when I release the podcast afterwards yeah sure so it's my name surname and international so it's Janine Shaka and I'll spell that so Janine is J-E-A-N-I-N-E Shaka S-C-I-A-C-C-A international.com and if you wanted to find me another way i've got also a silver method australia website you can find me there otherwise i'm on instagram i'm on facebook with a janine shuck international page a silver method australia page my own name page you know i can hear the passion in your voice and and i know that what you're doing is such a big help to so many people and i think sometimes hearing it from someone else makes people stop and listen what am I doing in my life what is the one sentence I want to be remembered for and gee if I was to write my eulogy what would that actually look like there's so many wonderful ways you're sharing to to help people find their passion and purpose so Janine Shaka thank you so much for joining me on Aging Fearlessly thank you so much Karen for having me it's been a real pleasure thank you So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all nine to five It's a wonderful life Let's go and climb mountains high Swim across oceans wide Live out our dreams 
Let your heart be alive. 